On the outskirts of Cape Town is one of the largest and most densely populated townships in South Africa. It's called Kailicha. It's a vast area of metal and wooden shacks. Garbage lines many of the dirt roads. In the middle of the day, men gather on a street corner to drink beer and call out to women passing by. This community was built during apartheid, when black South Africans were forced to live outside the cities. More than half a million people still live here. Crime, unemployment, and abuse are rampant. But just up the street, in a large cement courtyard, it's a very different scene. 500 students stand in matching blue sweaters, white collared shirts, and blue ties. They're here for the first day of school. They chat and hug and swap stories about their summer vacations. Then they form orderly lines and file into a school auditorium. They sit in rows of folding chairs. And once everyone's seated, a teacher stands and begins singing. Soon, the whole school joins in. It's an old South African hymn that inspired the national anthem. This school is a magnet high school that attracts many of Kailicha's top students. It's called the Center of Science and Technology, or COSAT for short. It's been incredibly successful. Most years, every single senior graduates, and 70% go on to college, despite the fact that most come from poor, uneducated families. The school's principal, Fadila Cooper, steps on stage to officially open the 2013 school year. Good morning, students. Wow. The wall is too small for all of us now. Yes. Mrs. Cooper begins the opening assembly by paying tribute to last year's graduates and reminding everyone of the school's record of success. Now we have a history of 100% pass rate. Now in 2012, we did not make that. But, she quickly adds, the one senior who did not pass will be retaking final exams in March. And that person will then restore our 100% pass rate again. It's obvious that academic achievement is taken seriously here. In fact, the whole community celebrates the school's success. Zoliswa Lonja, from a civic organization that's trying to improve Kailicha, tells the students that their community looks up to them. You are the chosen few. You are citizens of Kailicha. So continue making us proud. Then it's time for the main event, a ceremony to honor the school's top academic achievers. Students with the best grades are called on stage to receive a handshake and a box of chocolate. Before each student is named, the tension builds. And in position number one, Bridget Ngidi. The message of the opening ceremony is clear. Students here are expected to do well, no matter what stands in their way. Or, in the words of the school motto, no excuses, just success. As the ceremony ends, the students spill out of the auditorium back into the courtyard. I catch up with Sisipo, a ninth grader with her hair pulled back in a tight ponytail. I ask her about the school's culture of success. In this school, there's a lot of competition because we're all very clever children and everyone wants to be at the top, but that also motivates us to work harder on our schoolwork. Why do you want to be at the top? 
it's nice because at when we assemble, you get recognized and you get like a chocolate for your hard work. But the drive to succeed is about more than chocolate and recognition. Tandi is a 12th grader with a student government pin on her sweater and an endearing gap between her front teeth. She tells me that most of the kids here live in shacks that are falling apart with no running water and no toilets. Like, for example, I live in a place called Lloyd, and the conditions there are really bad. You wouldn't believe it if you could see it. She says she wants to do well in school so she can get a good job. I can get my family out of those shakes and buy them a proper house. Being at a school like this means she'll have that opportunity. But it also means pressure. Tandi says her mother constantly mentions how she's counting on her to build them a better life. Tandi says that, like many students, she's terrified of failure. I mean, your family's future depends on you. And when you make a mistake, all comes crumbling down. Think of how many futures are you ruining. That pressure can have tragic consequences. Last year, a 10th grade boy failed his final exams and was told he had to repeat sophomore year. The school's principal, Fadila Cooper, says she tried to comfort him. I explained to him that it's just a year that you're going to take longer to reach your goal. He nodded and seemed to accept what she said. But then he left the school and sent text messages to his brother and friends. And he told them that he had failed and he doesn't feel as if it is worth living. The boy committed suicide. As the new school year begins, his death looms over the school. And there's a fear that the pressure on students and teachers will be even more intense this year. That's because the school is growing rapidly. The South African government, having seen the school's success, has forced it to expand from 190 students to 500 in just three years. That means more kids are getting a chance to learn here. But it also means the things responsible for the school's success are changing. The student-teacher ratio is rising. Instructors are teaching more classes and working longer hours. And perhaps most important, the standard of admission has been lowered. Again, the school's principal, Fadila Cooper. We are getting more and more of the learners who have not been prepared adequately. You know, they don't have the basics in maths and science. And some teachers worry these students will fail. But what if COSAT can maintain its near 100% graduation rate on a much larger scale? What if it can turn even poorly prepared students into scientists? If it can, a lot of people will be asking how and whether this model can be replicated in other poor communities in Africa and elsewhere. For The World, I'm Anders Kelto in Cape Town.